When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Wednesday night, so you know what that means when you're locked and loaded into the Wrestling Inc. podcast, live or archived. We're going to give you what you came to talk about. I am your host, Justin LaVar, being joined by my tag team partner. He's returned after his hiatus for the last few weeks, uh, traveling about in Europe. He is the longtime former WWE referee, future Hall of Famer of a referee. As I predict, he is the one, the only Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, how are you tonight? Well, after hearing you say that, I'm doing even better than I'm feeling. So, but uh, yeah, you know, back back at it, and uh, here to talk about all things pro wrestling slash sports entertainment. Have you have you adjusted back to the time zone? No, still <laughs> it's still, it's still a work in progress. It's going to take a little time. Uh, Issa was supposed to join us tonight. Her power uh, did uh, get knocked off during the tail end of Dynamite. I see some of the people that are on her watch along know that. Uh, so the note she sent to me is if uh, it comes back up, she will jump on with us. She'll do a run-in. But uh, if not, it'll just be Jimmy and I tonight. Um, so uh, Issa, Issa, Issa's having power issues. As Tony Khan just confirmed, they had some transmission issues via TBS. Uh, I don't know if you got it, 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 it on your feed, Jimmy, but here in the States on TBS, uh, a lot of audio distortion and some black at some point. So apparently the new operating system at TBS uh, causes some havoc for them. Yeah, we got a little bit of it up here too as well. Because, you know, obviously up here it's uh, shown on TSN in Canada is the uh, partner with uh, with AEW or their uh, 
broadcast partner, let's put it that way. And uh, yeah, we they get their feed, I guess, from from PBS, and that's we got some black issue, blackout issues, and some uh, some audio issues as well. Well, and then until Tony Khan just tweeted a minute ago, then the way we ended the final seconds of Dynamite, I thought maybe this was all connected. It was all one big uh, work that somebody is <laughs> hacking. Hacking the backstage, hacking the truck. Uh, so maybe they could have they could have rode with it. We'll uh, we'll of course get to that once yeah. we get to that point of the show. But uh, first, before we get into dynamite, uh, of course, big thanks to everybody who's live in the chat. That's one of the great things about uh, enjoying this podcast live is you can be in the chat. It's kind of its own little community. Appreciate everybody there. Uh, and if not, if you're watching us on on archive, if you're listening listening to us on archive, we appreciate you there as well. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a good comment do all those things let's get into a piece of news item it's pretty much the news item that has just been dominating the last 24 to 36 to 48 hours and from speculation to then official uh, and then to and then to opening interviews that she did that of course is jade cargill has signed a multi-year contract with wwe uh she had an interview with espn and she acknowledges that cody rhodes is one of the top two reasons she has signed with WWE. Uh, she said top three reasons, and Cody Rhodes was top two. Cody is a phenomenal wrestler. He's a phenomenal father. He's very honest, even when he has had to get brutal with it. I respect Cody. I respect him trusting the system. And when I first came into AEW, he was one of the few people that sat me down and was honest with me about this entire industry, and I appreciated that. So one thing I'm not going to do is let him down. I'm going to come in here and do the work and show him why I'm a great pick. <laughs> Uh, and, and of course, you know, as she acknowledged Cody was instrumental in getting her into AEW uh, back in 2020. So, you know, Jimmy, when Cody came over to WWE a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know the one level of conversation I know that you and I had it at one point was depending on how he is treated, how he's booked, how everything goes off, that could be something interesting to watch. Of are people in AEW watching that? Do they think, oh, could this be me? Is this opportunity there for me? Obviously, mm-hmm. you can't bring everybody who you might have been friends with over from AEW, nor does WWE want everybody. But this, plain and simple, in black and white, is being said by Jade Cargill that she watched Cody Rhodes, and Cody Rhodes convinced her to come over to WWE. What do you make of this? Yeah, it's very interesting. I, you know, uh, I think uh, I, I think a lot of Jade Cargill. I think she's a great talent. She's, you know, she's not there yet. She still needs some fine tuning and some, you know, some honing. But at the same time, going to let's say she, you know, the discussion now is, is she signed with WWE? Does she go to NXT to get a little bit of honing in there to to, to kind of work out the the kinks, so to speak? If there are any, if, if, if that's the right terminology, let's put it that way. And, uh, you know, or is she going to go straight to the main roster? I think uh, spending a little stint in NXT could not hurt her at this time. It could only add to her uh, vast potential. And the way she, this this is being treated by not only WWE, but by, you know, ESPN doing the interview and stuff like that, it feels like a big deal. And, you know, perception is reality. And you talk about, you know, AEW catering to hardcore fans and WWE wanting to broaden their their fan base, so to speak. Something like, uh, you know, an ESPN, someone who used to be a wrestling fan who's kind of maybe faded out a little bit, a casual fan, sees this and goes, oh, this looks interesting. Maybe I'll tune in and find out what's going on here. So uh, I think there's a big plus here for WWE and for Chade, you know, depending on how she is treated going forward, of course. But uh it looks like a big signing and could uh, 
could open some eyes on the other side for, hey, maybe there is a future for us over there. Because right now, let's let's be honest, right now, WWE is number one. You know, people can argue the point all they want, but still, from a financial and business and, and uh, viewership standpoint, they're still number one. Well, and Jade said as much again. She did a little. She, there's several quotes out there from some interviews that she's that they've allowed her to do already. And she said, "This is the grandest stage. I want to be in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't get any bigger than this." Um, so you know, essentially acknowledging such. And, and yeah, I mean, it's not quite uh, the coverage of it's not quite a parade in Orlando like it was in '94 when Hogan went to WCW. But damn, between ESPN, uh, we're getting to break the news. You know, they got WWE's got video of Jade walking into the Performance Center for the first time uh, since signing. Uh, you know, WWE's Social media is putting out questions. Who's her first feud? I mean, they are. And it's for all these reasons that I believe that she is going to be on TV very soon. She might still be getting, it might be NXT. They might still do some things to try to protect her, to try to give her more time to get more reps off camera, you know, in the performance center. But I don't think by this uh, publicity treatment, I don't think that she's just going to work some performance center classes for the next three to six months and then pop up at the Rumble or pop up after Mania. I, I think by them doing this, they have a clear intent to put her on TV very soon. It might still only be NXT, but it might also might not be. It might be it might be where she's on NXT and she's on a Raw or SmackDown, or she's on a Raw or SmackDown, but she's working double the time in the performance center. I mean, I, I don't know, but all of this tells me they are not going to keep her hidden for very long off of television. No, and I hear you. And, and like you said, NXT... If she does go there, look at look who the NXT Women's Champion is right now. Right. You know they have people from the main roster going down to NXT to help uh, whatever it is boost whether it's boost ratings or just elevate the product a little bit and make it seem see because if the main roster talent goes down there, then it feels like a big deal. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Just like the way they're treating this this signing with Jade with Jade feels like a big deal. So. Well, you know what? It it, it makes me wonder now. Um... It makes me wonder: Is this part of the plan? Is that is that why they decided to have Becky Lynch get the title in NXT? Uh, you know, is this was this was this was this a was this a chess move a few moves ago? Right, things so. that make you go hmm. Mm, yes. Yeah. So we will see, but I don't think we're gonna have to wait too long until we get some answers about where Jay Cargill's Agreed. first destination is gonna be in the land of WWE. All right, so that's uh, that's pretty much that's the most notable piece of news to talk about. Uh, you can again talk amongst yourselves in the chat room. You can send us tweets at Justin Lavar at Jimmy Corderas, but uh, that is what is uh, stirring the verbal pot, uh, if you will, in the news world. All right, let's jump into AEW Dynamite tonight, coming to you from Denver, Colorado. This is the go home show to their inaugural uh, pay per view event called Wrestle Dream. This Sunday in Seattle, in Seattle, which we'll hear quite a bit tonight because it has some connection with some of the talent. But we kick off Dynamite tonight. International champion, new international champion, Ray Phoenix, of course, won it last week in a match that has been very controversial behind the scenes, given the health uh, that resulted of it, of John Moxley. Uh, so Phoenix comes out and defends his title against J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. Jarrett's got his entire entourage out there, and they go to picture and picture, and not just picture and picture, but it was it was all going on a lot there. He used the entourage to the fullest. Referee Aubrey just couldn't couldn't get her couldn't get her head on a swivel fast enough to catch all the shenanigans going on here. I kind of felt for Aubrey because at some point, you know, it's like what can she do without without being told that they're all banned from ringside? Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, though, we get Phoenix. Uh, he counters the figure four from Jarrett, encounters it into a small package. 
and retains his title. Uh, Jimmy, I got to be honest. I watched this kind of with a closer eye than I might otherwise because I was like, if Phoenix winning the international title last week truly was an on-the-fly on the audible call because of Moxley's health, mm-hmm. maybe they didn't really want him to be champion. And so I kind of gave Jeff a little bit more of a chance to potentially win this, especially when there was so many other people out there that they could deflect. Uh, they could deflect you know, uh, you know, d- d- you know, use the numbers game essentially. What, 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 what was your impression of this match and and Phoenix retaining on Jarrett? I actually like the idea of Phoenix retaining on Jarrett because that way it doesn't feel like it was an audible call last week. You know what I'm saying? It, mm-hmm. it, it feels like that maybe that was the natural direction they wanted to go. This, uh, re- regardless of the uh, the unfortunate incident that happened with uh, Mox. So um, the match itself, you know, Jeff Jarrett is a, a special talent. He he commands an audience. Let's put it that way. He can get a reaction doing virtually almost <laughs> nothing. But the only th- the only issues again the little things that bother me. You talked about Aubrey get you know needing her head on a swivel with all the shenanigans and all the gaga going on around her. It just it was just too much of it. You know what I mean? It made it it it, it just you know what when we say if you do something too often then it means less. Mm-hmm. When there's so much distraction going on and, and and stuff behind the scenes and interference and stuff like that, again, you run the risk of the heat going to the wrong person. And unfortunately, at times, I thought the heat would be on Aubrey, which is the wrong person to put the heat on. You don't want to put the heat on the referee. You want to put the heat on the heels. So, the, you know, you have to be a little more creative instead of the obligatory Hey, yeah, you know, it, it's far. I agree with you. Everything you said there, it's it's far. You know, Jeff's got you know, Satnam Singh out there. He's got Sanjay Dud. He's got Karen. Um, I feel like he's got one more out there. It, it, okay. it, it's it's way too, yeah, it's way too many. And then it, you know, then Phoenix has you know he's you know he's got his corner man. He's got he's got Alex and the, you know so but he but Alex can't. I don't know. It just it, it doesn't. Yeah, you're right. It just nothing. It doesn't feel. It takes away from the match. It takes. Mm-hmm. It, it's very it's it's distracting to a point. Um. But nonetheless, uh, Phoenix does retain this. Uh, Aubrey was the referee, and, I, and not to jump too far ahead, I believe this was a this was a very heavy uh, skit and promo episode of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. That was that was the first of only four matches, right? Which... And I will and I will tell you, Aubrey ref two of them. Mm-hmm. Bryce Rimsberg ref one. Paul Turner ref one. Uh, mm-hmm. Referee and controversial question from last week: Rick Knox not to be seen tonight. So, right. uh, I think that uh, that um, I, yeah. I mean I agree with it because I feel like you know that you need to send if not it, you know it's not really you don't need to send a message so much to the fans, but internally I think you need to send a message of hey that mm-hmm. wasn't that wasn't the best job of your job and mm-hmm. and, and and make an example. Exactly, and, and you know again I don't want to to rank on. Uh, my brothers and sisters in stripes, but at the same time, you have to call them out when you call them out. And, and I, you know, I was away last week, so didn't see it live. But when I saw the, the video of it, I said to myself, my goodness, you know, if he is uh, suspended for a short period of time, he's lucky because if this was the other place and that happened, um, good luck. Uh, wish you well in your future endeavors. Let's put it yeah. Down. I mean, I haven't got to talk to you about it, obviously, because you have been gone, but I, I, I noted this last Wednesday and I think it's since been said that what I thought was right, or at least on the sense of a lot of people were focusing on Moxley and the, and the pile drivers he took. And I was like, no, he was hurt way before that. I went mm-hmm. before the match, before the bell rang and Phoenix dove off that stage, off that ramp. Right. He hit Moxley and Moxley's Moxley. When he took the back bump, his head bounced off the, 
the floor and phoenix even rushed over to check on him mm-hmm. uh like very aggressively like you know in a panic almost and the camera caught it all and i was like oh i think moxley's hurt and then moxley got in the ring and he was a little weebly wobbly and commentary kind of even noted it and through all this time i never see the referee rick knox check on him at all i see phoenix uh, check i see his opponent check on him i don't even see right. rick knox come out and so but that, and that's one of the jobs of the referee is when you see something like that you have to take precautions. You have to check on the talent. There's ways to go in there and do it without being so obvious. But at the same time, the talent, the wrestler's health comes first. Yeah. Even 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 if they, you know, because a lot of times you'll get wrestlers who, who want to fight through it. But at the same time, for their own good, sometimes you just got to say, you know what? And especially from the, the, the video I saw, man, you know what? That should have been called. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll see how they continue to move away from that, which obviously was a, a very negative piece of story from them last week. Uh, real quick, going back to Jay Cargo, Terry Allen Jr. just dropped in a uh, – oh, not that one. Uh, Terry Allen Jr. just dropped in a super chat uh, and says Jade can attract uh, more black audiences. Mm-hmm. I, Terry, I think Jade can attract more audience in general, just if, yes. if, if marketed correctly. Uh, black, white, anybody. I think yep. she – again, you look at her and um, – you know, I mean, obviously she's got just a super athletic build. She's very tall for a female. So, I mean, she, amongst any of the other tallest females WWE has, Nia Jax, Charlotte, I mean, she's going to be able to stand eye to eye with them. Right. Uh, incredible physique. Um, you know, she ha- you know, she has some crossover appeal. I know she's done some bodybuilding and, and stuff. And, and uh, you know, her, her husband's a professional athlete. So mm-hmm. I think she could just draw. There's a lot of different potential audiences and, and, and markets that she could draw into. So, which I think is why that they... Yeah, the reasons that they're attracted to her. She's she's a super athlete, and that's the main thing. And it, and like you said, doesn't matter. Uh, I think she could attract a, an overall audience big time. And again, it's how she is portrayed and how and right so far they're doing it right, in my opinion, by making her feel like a huge signing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to save the uh, vignette that we got uh, on the boat with MJF and Adam Cole. I'm going to save it a little bit later until we get okay. to the, until we do the entire MJF Adam Cole block <laughs> of things here. So we'll, okay. we'll, we'll put that aside for just a moment. Mm. And let's jump into what was after that, which was Don Callis, Takeshita, and Sammy Guevara. Uh, Don Callis showing video of how he and Takeshita went to Tojo to beat up Kota Ibushi, who, of course, is going to be uh, one of their three opponents in this uh, three-on-three match coming up this Sunday, Wrestle Dream. Abushi, of course, teaming up with Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. A very unlikely trio, uh, babyface trio, but one that uh, certainly has got the, that, you know, the AEW's audience attention because it is the first time ever mm-hmm. of them up together against the Don Callis family of uh, Takeshita, Sammy Guevara, and Will Ospreay. Uh, Jimmy, I, gotta, I mean, look, Don Callis is getting heat. Sammy Guevara is getting heat. Uh, so I'm actually this is um, this one is this one's quietly kind of sneaking into Sunday for me as there's a lot of story here. There's all you know, obviously Kenny's got story with Don, Jericho's got story with Don. Like there's a lot of there's a lot going on here. So, um, but I think it, I think the heat and everything is placed in the right 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 positions. No, I agree with that, and 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 it also story makes it interesting. Is Jericho, you know, is this a babyface turn for Jericho? Which I don't know if it will be a complete babyface turn, but you know, I hate using this term because it's used so much on the on the other show. Uh, can he coexist with his two partners? You know what I mean. So that that's another part of the story because you know you know can he can he hang with Kenny and and that? But it, it is quietly becoming one of the more interesting matches to pay attention to this Sunday. Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of different directions they could go. As you said, Jericho is it a face turn? 
um, you know, Dom Count, you know, they AEW does seem to always like to have one very strong dominant heel, you know, like like right now, Callus is, is that role at this point. But I think back in the past where they had, um, oh god, his name's uh, uh the MMA guy, the uh, Dan, um, oh. My his, his last name is escaping me, but you know he, he you know he for a while opposite of Cody at times. I mean, for you know for a while he was you know the heat magnet on the mic each week. So uh, they seem to like to have it, and and I'm all for it uh, as a as a as a heel myself. Uh, so I'm I'm again I'm looking forward to this. I think there's a lot of creative directions they could mm-hmm. go coming out of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, pending people's availabilities and, and what the situations are there. Absolutely. All right, we get a, a rare Nick Jackson from the Young Bucks. We're actually going to get both Young Bucks in singles action, but mm-hmm. first off, we get Nick Jackson, only his fourth singles match in his AEW career. He's wow. going up in a triple threat here against Brian Cage and against Claudio Castanoli. Um, and we're going to see Nick Jackson. Uh, eventually, he's going to get the pin on Cage. It basically picks up the scraps that Claudio uh, from the work that Claudio did. But Nick Jackson gets the win, and so he is going to be the next challenger for Ray Phoenix's international championship uh what do you make AEW has such a deep roster jimmy uh are you surprised are you surprised that they would put the bucks in singles matches and and go that route when again you're not short of any talent why break up one of your signature tag teams and have them go in a singles route yeah i i, I know i i exactly i was thinking the same thing it's almost uh, i don't want to say word for word but uh, we're, we're on the same wavelength here. Uh, you know, you have a tag team like that. And yes, you want to see them in individual matches, one-on-one matches. So, but this was a three-way match. And what was, what did, what was this three, what was the uh, ramifications of this match? The winner gets what? The international championship uh, title match against Phoenix. Right. And is, isn't, aren't the, the, the bucks challenging for something else as well? You know, you know, I don't know. It just, uh, it, they're, they're part, they're part of a four-way tag team match on, at the pay-per-view, are they not? Uh, I believe, yeah, correct. Yeah, and and when is this match with uh, with um, Phoenix? That's next Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's just it, it's a lot to digest. I don't I don't think it was needed for him. I think it would have been uh, better suited for someone else. It was a three-way. You didn't have to pin uh, Nick Jackson in this thing, but it would have been better off. Uh, I think it did a little more damage for someone like uh, Brian Cage, despite the fact that Claudio is the one who did the damage and. And Nick kind of snuck the win in there, so to speak. But uh, you, you could have gone with either Claudio or Brian Cage that that would pose, in my opinion, a, a more uh, threat, bigger threat. The curse of being a big man sticks with an AEW Brian Cage. Yes, exactly. Loses again. Uh-huh. Loses again. Getting ward load. Sorry. No. <laughs> Uh, we get a vignette for the righteous. Now we've seen them, of course, before. If you watch ROH and uh, and with AEW programming, the ROH attachment, um, I, I I I watched it and I watched it and and of course they're showing this because they are the opponents to MJF and Adam Cole, or so we think here coming up this Sunday. And I can't help. I, I thought to myself, I'm like, am I being too WWE reliant? And then I looked on social and I saw a lot, many of the same comments that there was different imagery. Music and even uh, even some quick sound bites that had a very Wyatt family esque kind of feel. Don't know if that was a, d- a direction they were trying to go in, or if we all just still have you know the late great Bray Wyatt on our minds. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think uh, you know because you know uh, having like you said a little bit of the late great Bray Wyatt on everybody's mind, but at the same time, you know uh, maybe this is an homage to him, and, and hopefully that was what they were thinking with uh, the direction they were going here because it did feel a little. 
uh, Wyatt family-esque. Well, so they are the uh, they are challenging for the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles this mm-hmm. Sunday against Adam Cole and MJF. So let's go to that. Uh, first off, MJF and Adam Cole, we see uh, them on a boat in Long Island this past week. It was MJF's dad's boat. And they're out there fishing. And uh, MJF starts questioning Adam Cole about how long he was on the phone there before he eventually mm-hmm. surfaced uh, at the end of MJF's match last week. He was on the phone with Roderick Strong. And, you know, mm-hmm. why so long? And we can see real doubt in MJF. And it looks like he goes to get that dynamite ring out of the cooler to knock Adam Cole silly. Cole kind of calls him out on uh, doing that. Uh, and then they, uh, you know, they, 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 MJF gets off of that and, and, and they kind of have a heart to heart of, uh, that's okay, you know, Max, I can be friends with more than just one person, but you're still my, you're still my number one. And, uh, and then as they are having that heart to heart, Adam Cole, he's, he's nabbed a big one. That fishing rod is, uh, he's nagged a big one. And oh, it's not a fish. No, no, no. It's Captain Insano. Uh, and a life raft going for a little swim down a Long Island Sound. So yeah. some light comedy uh, to set up more of what we're going to mm-hmm. see here in the ring. MJF and Adam Cole in the ring. Adam Cole on crutches, uh, having to sit in a chair, can't even do his signature entrance standing up with MJF. He reveals, Adam Cole does, that he has shattered his ankle uh, when he was hopping off of that rampant mm-hmm. stage to come make the save to MJF. As legit shattered his ankle, tore ligaments, um, and so he says that it's going to be time for them to vacate the tag titles. MJF does not agree with that. Mm-hmm. He says that he's going to go ahead and challenge the righteous in a handicap match. Uh, and then the last we see of Adam Cole is Roderick Strong comes out saying he has an emergency and he needs Adam Cole. And Adam mm-hmm. Cole goes to attend uh, to whatever emergency is there. Let's stop there before we do anything else because there's mm-hmm. more to come. Right. Um, if this injury is legit, which I, it, I guess there's always a question of is it mm-hmm. because it's pro wrestling. Right. They could have saw an opportunity here of, oh, it looked like Adam hurt himself, but it wasn't as bad. But let's say it's worse than what it is. I suppose we could be getting a swerve of Adam Cole does show up Sunday. Mm-hmm. But then I'm looking at social and I thought I've seen some indie promotions, some people, other people that had Adam Cole booked on some things. They're saying they're going to have to change plans or whatever. Right. And I just can't imagine that you would. I can't imagine that you would want to fake an injury here. Like it just kind of screws the momentum up to me of what, of what I, you know, the hottest thing, which is Adam Cole or MJF. What do you make mm-hmm. of this right now with Adam Cole? Do you think the injury is legit? Um, I I'm, I'm leaning very much towards that. It is a legit injury. Is it, is it a break and torn ligaments? As he said, maybe it's not as bad as he says it is making it sound worse than it is. But at the same time, it, you can tell that he did hurt something when he landed on his feet last week. And um, I, th- I thought it was a knee, you know, the way he was reacting, but it, I guess, you know, it's further down on the ankle. It, so for me, it does appear to be legit. The only thing I question is, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure what the deal is with Roderick uh, Roddy Strong right now. Is he legit injured as well? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't actually, I don't know. the Because answer this would have been a perfect opportunity to relieve them of their tag titles where let's say, you know, Adam Cole comes out and says, here we are armchair quarterbacking at, you know, Monday night booking. Um, Yeah. Um, You know, my ankle's broken. I need surgery, blah, blah, blah. Roderick Strong could have came out, not dressed like he just came out of the hospital in his gown and stuff like that and said, listen, you know what, just to prove to you that I'm still your friend, I'm going to, uh, you know, substitute for you 
and partner with MJF uh, to defend the tag team titles if it's okay and and have you know Tony Khan okay. Sure. Well, I mean, I I mean, Roddy did Roddy did fight in that tournament, so right. So, um, so, so, and then that's when you can have the big swerve where he allows himself to be pinned. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. To, yeah. to relieve uh, his, for, for, yeah, anyway. So there no, are certain I, directions you can go, and this is just looking like it's making uh, MJF a bigger baby face. Well, and I mean, and, and like I said, Roddy did fight in that tournament, so I would assume that this is all a work with him. Uh, so, I mean, look, they have, they're advertising MJF now going into this as a handicap match against the Righteous. We could see Roddy pop up mm-hmm. that night because Adam Cole was pleading with him to go out there and do it. So I think that is all very possible but back to adam cole if adam cole legitimately has shattered his ankle and that i don't know what that timetable would, would look like but certainly it's going to probably at least detour plans a little bit mm-hmm. it's never a good time to get injured but this is a this is devastating yeah. obviously cole didn't even know if his career was going to go on after dealing with the concussions he dealt with mm-hmm. came back again the stuff with he and mjf has been the hottest ticket uh this year particularly right. the second half of this year I've said over and over to you and to Issa and everybody that I thought that that Cole was the answer of, of who finally beats MJF. Mm-hmm. They're riding high on the highest point of the mountains as best friends, but eventually that's going to come crumbling down, and you assume it's going to be MJF that's going to just revert back to his old ways. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what this does now, it, what this does to a timetable. And again, all on the assumption that MJF is signed long-term, that they could finish out business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, So I, I don't know, this is just this... This has so many levels of ramifications potentially to it. Uh, does Cole's injury? Yeah, you, you you talk about bad timing. This is one of the, the the worst timing, and and not to make the analogy, but it, it's kind of like the the Matt Riddle Randy Orton thing. Yeah, you know, oh, same yeah. same same sort of uh, comparison you can make here. Uh, but uh, you know, MJF though is uh, such a talent that he may be able to be one of the few guys that, despite the. Uh, the bad luck here with with the injury to Adam Cole, he might make this still work because he is just that damn good, especially on the mic. I mean, like, and he proved it tonight. He's how good he is. Yeah. Well, if uh, if Adam Cole is legit injured mm-hmm. uh, and they have to move away from move away, or again, they just need a new uh, world title competitor uh, in the future here for MJF, we start to transition <clears throat> into that right here. So uh, Roddy uh, gets Adam Cole out of the ring. Adam Cole is going to go tend to Roddick Strong or whatever emergency he's uh, claiming that there is. Uh, and then we see Switchblade Jay White come out. And this is a very long promo, especially because we've already seen the Adam Cole MJF promo stuff. Mm-hmm. Very long. Uh, but at the end of the day, MJF says, you're not even on my same level. Uh, you are a, you know, a, a Japanese booker's. 
you know, preconceived vision of what a, a top guy is. You know, I'm filet mignon. You're tofu. You you taste. You 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 have no taste. You're only you only taste like whatever comes around you. Um, Jay White then draws a timeline uh, over how he has uh, from afar affected MJF's career, but now he's going to affect it uh, and, and eventually beat MJF for that world title. Uh, and that was me doing a very grand summary <laughs> because it was really drawn out. Um, Jimmy, I couldn't help but I, I thought MJF or uh, I thought Jay White tried to rally towards the end with his final sound bites, but I couldn't help but feel a lot of what MJF was saying, which was I feel like MJF is just in a different level that he was just at one point verbally just assaulting mm-hmm. Jay White and Jay White's uh, credibility. No, absolutely. And, 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 and I was feeling this, man, I hate to sound like Captain Agreeable, but it, I felt the same way. I just felt like MJF was on a different level. Like you said, he was, he feels like a bigger star. And yes, despite the, the bullet club attire and, you know, and that sort of stuff with Jay, uh, switchblade Jay White, it, it's just, d- does anybody out there actually think that there is a chance that Jay White could beat MJF for the AEW championship from a strictly from a fan perception. I don't see it like I no. said, but that's, but again, that's when I start going and I, that's when I get into like uh, this mode of again, is MJF signed? Is he a free agent come January? What is all that? Because if he, if, because if he, if he is a free agent and if that's all mm-hmm. not, then all of a sudden I do start saying, Oh, he's got to drop the title to somebody. No, I agree with that. But at the same time, if you want him to drop it to somebody, is Jay White your number one choice? No, I think your number one choice is Adam Cole, but his ankle might just got shattered. No, I know. But then again, (laughs) this is where you have an opportunity to uh, get back with someone you have dropped the ball on, and that's someone like a Wardlow. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, hey. You know, I, well, I, so let's I, so let's go ahead and, and and again package everything. Let's jump ahead to what the final seconds are of Dynamite, mm-hmm. um, and that is we get a camera backstage showing Jay White getting beat up by four masked men, uh, and then the one masked man looks to be wearing like a devil-like uh, mask, and then just kind of pushes the camera away. A mask that I don't know if it was the exact same one or if it looks very similar. Chad, I'm sure will correct me to when MJF had his devil. Uh, disguise when, when he made his return so clearly an attack on jay white clearly some parallel meant to be drawn to mjf mm-hmm. jimmy i mean is this this could be adam cole roderick strong matt taven and, and mike bennett all under i mean maybe maybe they're all working for mjf now or it could be something completely different i don't know but obviously clearly attacking jay white and there's some parallel to mjf here Right, exactly. And that's and that's the, the image they left you with. And they left you wondering, oh, my goodness, I will give them credit for this. I, I, they did make me wonder, oh, who was that under the mask? And who were those guys and all that sort of thing? And what's going to happen this Sunday at the pay-per-view? Yeah, good, cliff, that's, good, good cliffhanger. Exactly. Sunday. You want a cliffhanger. And that's what you want to do on your go-home show going into the paper. Mind you, you do have, you know, Rampage on Friday and you got Collision on Saturday as well. But at the same time, uh, for their most watched show, it was a good a heck of a cliffhanger. Yeah, no, it was a good cliffhanger uh, for for Sunday. And yeah, I got to say again, I you know sometimes again they get too match heavy from the standpoint of match 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 running after each match. They did not do that. They had you know sit down mm-hmm. and uh, sit down and interview, which we're going to get ready to get to. They had contract signings. They had and they had stuff that and, and those things are important because oftentimes they are going to further the story. And the characters way more than the bell to bell matches. The bell to bell match is, is, is it has a different place in the advancement of, of the storyline. But tonight, 
you know, again, you're four days before uh, a pay-per-view, you know, I think they needed to go heavy on, on, on mm -hmm. the interviews and promos tonight. So I thought, right. and then again, from the, the cliffhanger that they gave us, uh, I thought from a format standpoint, it was a, it was a pretty strong dynamite for the format and for it to be a go home show. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not without nicks and picks as we're doing here along the mm -hmm. way, but right. I did, I did like that pacing of dynamite tonight, given it's a dynamite that's four days before a first ever pay-per-view uh, of, of its kind of its kind called Russell dream. No, I agree that, you know, if there is one little criticism I will make of it is they, they package them together without any breaks in between letting people digest what we just saw. So to yeah. speak, you know, and we got the commercials maybe at, at an inopportune time. So I, you know, the picture in picture stuff that maybe the commercials could have been put inserted in between some of those segments. Yeah. Just again, you know, yeah. nitpicking. All you can always, uh, you can always format just a little bit better <laughs> after you see it come off on TV. Exactly. So we get a Jim Ross sit down interview with Christian and Darby Allen. Uh, Christian, who, of course, is holding that TNT title. Uh, Darby Allen, who, of course, is from Seattle. That's a key point that's going to be made here. Uh, Christian says, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're not man enough. You know, you're not on the champ's level. Uh, Christian says, I wanted, uh, you know, you, you, he acknowledges how Darby uses his body and his skateboard and it's just a human wrecking ball. That's why Christian wants this match to be two out of three falls because he wants to make Darby wrestle. Takes a lot of shots at, at, at Darby's uncle, who's deceased. Talking about mm -hmm. Buddy Wayne, who's deceased. Telling Darby to bring his whole family, and then Darby just calling out Christian. That's all you know how to do is take personal shots at family or, or loved ones. Uh, Darby's convinced he cannot lose in Seattle. Uh, he's won there before. He won the TNT title there in the past there before. So uh, putting the uh, putting the home field advantage on the side, on the shoulders of Darby Allen here in his match uh, Sunday against Christian. Where are you at uh, in terms of your level of interest for this uh, feud, which has been going on now for quite some time? No, I, I am interested in this, and mainly because of Christian, who is, you know, really making me want to see what happens here. And, you know, you talk about old school uh, mentality and booking with wrestling. When the babyface, you know, practically like uh, Darby Allen did tonight, guarantees a win. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it it usually happens because, you know, babyfaces don't it, don't do that. And then there's the old adage of they never win in their hometown. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So, but, uh, well, not in AEW. AEW, they tend to, they tend to really, they tend to really tout the hometown. No. Yeah. See, there, see, that's a little bit different. So now, uh, what's interesting here is he guaranteed winning, but, uh, did he guarantee that he would become, uh, champ once again? Well, the fact that it's out of three falls, he could win a yeah. fall, but still lose it, not win the title. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So they're, they're, they're again, they have outs here, and if they play it right, this match, I have, I think, has the potential to be at least a contender for match of the night. Sure, absolutely, and, and obviously there was, um, you know, the, the Jim Ross said how there was, you know, no, 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 no physicality was going to go on there during that sit down. Right. I'll be really, I'll be really curious to see this. This, I mean, this Christian's so good at making things so personal. Um, what comes out of this, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, is this the end of this feud? Is this the blowout? You know, what what right. what's what's the plan here? There, there's certainly intrigue for that. Mm -hmm. But again, I thought I thought a good go home sell mm -hmm. uh, to have these two sit there um, in the back mm -hmm. and forth that they gave us. Right. All right, we get a uh, four way here. This is kind of a preview of a tag team match we're going to see Sunday. Uh, Orange Cassidy, 
versus Austin Gunn versus Penta versus Matt Jackson. Again, all four of them and their respective mm-hmm. tag team partners will be against each other this Sunday. The winner of that fatal four-way tag team match will earn a AEW tag team title shot in the future. Mm-hmm. So that's what's at stake here. Uh, we're going to get an Orange Cassidy victory with the Superman punch, but uh, overall, uh, a fun match between these four, uh, what you'd expect. A lot, a lot of traffic, a lot of things going on. Uh, Cassidy gets the win. Not surprised there. I mean, he, he uh, not not surprised, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, as, you know, especially considering uh, what we saw earlier with the fact that one of the with the other young buck won. So, you mm-hmm. know, no need to give both of them a victory here. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy, do you like we see this at WWE a lot, too. They'll do this where they'll take, uh, you know, one member of each team and have them mm-hmm. in the three way or four way just to kind of preview what's coming up. Uh, how did this one sit with you? It, 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 it started to catch me as the match progressed. You know, uh, the, you know, the, of course, you can nitpick and all, uh, little things, but at the same time, uh, it was it, it ended up becoming a fun match to watch. And, yeah. and you know, a little surprised at the ending there that that uh, Matt was the one who got pinned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, yes. Just, you know, uh, which I found very interesting. But it, it, there's little things during the match that, you know, when I talk about the little things that matter when when uh, when Matt did that roll up of uh, O.C., and then he took, um, oh man, Austin and Penta and suplexed both guys mm-hmm. and had OC in the pin position. I mean, I, I get a big guy doing that, but someone like Matt, I just thought it, it was a little much. But uh, then again, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm being nitpicky. That, no, no, but I mean, that, that, that's almost like that's a spot that let Brian Cage do that in the triple threat match earlier. Somehow, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But uh, other than that, I thought, it, it, for the most part, it was a fun match to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good – that is a good I, – I remember the spot, and I remember I remember them commenting how he's trying to, you know, get, you know, pin everybody in one foul soup, but you're right. From a visual yeah. standpoint, that he's – you know, he's, he's, he's tied for the smallest guy out there. You're right. Um, so – was what it was. Yeah, we'll. Uh, I, 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 you're going to see more of the same of that uh, on in stereo when there is uh, four more guys joining them uh, this mm-hmm. this Sunday uh, for that one. But All right, the, we the best part. The best part about it is it was a it was a toss up going into it. it you didn't see you, anybody could have won, and you would have been okay with it. True. I think. Anyways. True. Yeah. I actually going into it, I thought, okay, well, we already saw Nick Jackson win. Mm-hmm. Um, we already saw. Penta's brother Phoenix right. defend against successfully against Jeff. Um, I I thought Orange Cassidy, he, you know, he's so overall. I, I kind of thought Austin Gunn was going to get one just to get one here. Mm-hmm. Um, so if OC wins, it's a little surprise mm-hmm. there. Right. All right, we get a uh, our women's match has been advertised. Uh, Julia Hart this Sunday is going up against Chris Statlander for the TBS title. Uh, mm-hmm. Last time Julia Hart lost was uh, to Chris Statlander 17 months ago. So Julia Hart, uh, while she's not on TV every single week, at least not on the main shows at Dynamite, uh, that's what they have going for her here as she's going up against Willow Nightingale. And Julia Hart, of course, has Brody King out there as some bodyguard protection. Uh, Julia's going to get the win with a moonsault, uh, as you'd expect, because, again, she's got the title match this Sunday. Wouldn't mm-hmm. see it any other way. Uh, but Julia Hart, I thought um, this is the first time I've watched one of her singles matches in a while. Uh, I liked I, I like her in the entrance. I like the hat. I like the hat. Mm-hmm. It's got some reflection of, of the symbols. I like the I like the the ring gear. I liked overall what I saw in ring. I think she's only twenty one years old. She's um, uh, I thought she's I don't know. I think she's looking pretty good for somebody who twenty one. And I don't know how many reps she's doing off camera. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, for what this match was given and what it could, what it was, I thought it was uh, pretty entertaining for the ladies at their uh, normal time spot. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the only thing. Their normal time slot. But uh, you're right. She did look, she did look uh, like she's been getting some work in. Let's put it that way. And and they they worked together fairly well. The, mm-hmm. the ladies and uh, give they were given enough time for for that for her to to shine a little bit and, and show what she can and that was it's funny that you said that because i was thinking the same thing about you know getting reps in and that's one of the things you know i think about with a lot of the AEW talent are they out there enough doing like house shows or spot shows with other companies because a lot of them are free to work other promotions right. you know to, to get the reps in yeah and and one of the best ways to get better is to keep getting those reps in Right. And, and, and of course, with, you know, the way the business is today, a lot of talent doesn't have the opportunity to get those reps in. But uh, for a young for a young lady of 21, uh, she's got a bright future ahead of her. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know they obviously do other matches, you know, before and after Dynamite. But, you know, they, they do stuff before and after Collision. Um, you, you know, they they they, they tape Rampage. But I always wonder when on those. Yeah, there are opportunities for reps, but. Where's the crowd at at this point? Are, are they are they is, is it are they fresh? Is it before you've done dynamite? Is it after you've done dynamite? After you've done collision? Like are they exhausted? Like what do you you know? It, it's a little bit different than when you work in a different town. I mean, are you doing a house show, which I know obviously that schedule, you know, is, is brutal in its own right on the WWE side of things. So it's kind of like trying to find the balance. You have the WWE schedule that's very road heavy, but then you have the AEW schedule, which mm. you know is 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 let's do a whole lot of taping in front of one crowd, right. um, relatively speaking. Um, so you know. Mm the answer probably lies somewhere in the middle but uh, yeah julia hart looking good uh I, i'm not ex- I mean, chris statlander does come out at the afterwards uh and run her off um mm. you know statlander they finally got her back healthy got her the tbs title i don't mm. I, I don't see her dropping it unless there's something else going on unless she would happen to be injured i don't see her dropping this with julia hart but i'll be interested to see uh how julia hart does again maximizing the, whatever minutes her and chris get sunday exactly and and hopefully they're positioned in a spot on the card where it's not like okay the main event is next yeah right go get your bathroom break of popcorn now right right yeah we'll see how this uh Mm -hmm. this one plays out here all right uh so this is the main event segment that's advertised and again unusual for aw but they're advertising as a contract signing between swerve and hangman uh swerve really won that he wouldn't even let prince nana do the dance that's been Mm -hmm. catching on wouldn't even let him do the dance uh swerve asked hangman if he's ready to be in swerve's house swerve also from seattle um Ask him if he's ready. He's never dealt anything like it. He says, what's a farmer to a mogul? What's a cowboy to an outlaw? What's a buckshot to a kill shot? I thought it was a really good sound bite by Swerve. Mm-hmm. Hangman then goes on to try to uh, you know, go answer back and said that he's had this black cloud over him despite having beat John Moxley in a, in a death match before and all this stuff. And then he said, I didn't know where he was going with this black cloud. And then he just said, now that black cloud is gone. Was, was he referring to CM Punk in that controversy backstage as, as the black cloud? Is that what? I would, Jimmy. I'd love to know your answer. And chat, I'd love to hear yours because the way he worded, like I thought he was going to segue to somewhere else. With but he, the way he worded it, it kind of to me felt like he was alluding to the backstage controversy that's been surrounding the company for the past eighteen months. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. We don't know for sure, but uh, those who are quote unquote in the know or or, or or read the sheets or whatever you want to call it, you know, that are the, the, the diehard hardcore fans who, who follow this story along are probably thinking, boy, man, he was taking shots at CM Punk there. And 
that's the one thing that kind of, uh, if that was the intent there, I wish he wouldn't have gone that direction. You know what? If CM CM Punk's gone, then he's gone. Do not bring him up because there was an opportunity to make some money with him in this situation. And they didn't, they decided not to go in that direction. So that's fine. If you don't want to go in that direction, you want to let him go, let him go. Don't bring his, don't even insinuate him anymore because that gets people thinking, man, maybe they shouldn't have let him go. Or maybe they should have tried their best to keep him or, you know what I mean? It it keeps him uh, the topic of conversation as opposed to people letting him slip out of their mind. Yeah, Beer Money says it was when he was a drunk, uh, but he also says, you know, he says that things got better when, when he reunited with them, them being the elite. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was meant to be a double entendre, hmm. you know, double meaning of, I, I'm not sure, but I, that caught me in my, as I'm writing notes, I'm listening, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, is he, is, is he bringing the CM Punk thing up here? Sure. Right. Um, but so it's all this stuff, uh, but um, yeah, it says that Swerve can't fill his boots. And then finally, as I get ready to, uh, to, 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 to finalize this, and, and as Swerve goes to sign, uh, Hangman Page stabs Swerve's hand, right. uh, and then then security's in there, and we're uh, separating everybody. So uh, an interesting way to end this. You know, this match has no title. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even a the feud hasn't even been going on for very long. It's only a couple weeks old of, of the promos here between the mm-hmm. two, but yet this match actually has a certain gravitas to it because I kind of feel like it is at a, it is it's at a certain fork in the road, like. Mm-hmm. Hang, Hangman Page for what he has done though in AEW, I still feel like he just hasn't quite. He's he's not as big of a star in in the booking that I would maybe anticipate him to be. And then you have Swerve, who seems like he's fastling on the rise. So this does kind of feel like a very interesting booking fork in the road for Tony Khan of which way are we going here with each of these competitors? Yeah, it seems like uh, the insinuation in in, in what uh, what Swerve was saying was that uh, you know he's fighting for that spot, right? On the card, and and that's that was the insinuation is you know fighting for a title, fighting for an opportunity at a title, fighting for whatever, fighting for your spot. I want your spot, you know that that you were handed. I had to fight for everything I had, and blah blah blah, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So the the when you talk about talking people in front of their TV sets or whatever the case may be, I thought they did a good job of that, you know, in getting people interested in this matchup because people were probably thinking, why is this contract signing, you know the last segment on the go home show for the pay-per-view, you know what I mean? And they made it interesting. And the one line that the commentary team threw out there, I want to say it was Taz. It may have been uh, someone else, but when he stabbed them with the pen on the paper, Oh, this contract's been signed in blood, Mm -hmm. you know, just added the little things that sometimes the commentary could do to add to the story. And that, you know, they made me interested. Yeah. Yeah. I will say again, at the same way I kind of felt with watching the, um, MJF's uh, Jay White promo, although I didn't think that I was going to feel as one-sided as I did. I, I knew I was going to feel one-sided listening to MJF the way you know he was talking and, and just verbally assaulting White. When I watched this, though, I think Swerve came off as the bigger star. I feel like he came off as the, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was just, if it was the sound bites that he used. I don't know if it was the swagger that he had. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was mm. Hangman Page, it sounded like was doing more talking and sometimes less is more. So I felt like he it felt like Hangman Page was trying harder to make me believe. I right. I don't know. I, I felt Swerve came out feeling like a the bigger deal out of this. So I don't know what that is in terms of foreshadowing for what I'm going to get out of Sunday's mm-hmm. match. But that's how I felt right. watching this. I hear you. I hear so. you. 
stabbing, stabbing and all. I mean, you know, <laughs> hangman, hangman pulled out a, a weapon and stabbed, and I still mm-hmm. felt like Swerve felt like the bigger star. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this will be, um, you know, this will be curious to see. They the, obviously this is uh, coming off again a very jam packed row of shows, all in, all mm-hmm. out. Um, you know, the Grand Slam show, uh, you know, you know, it wasn't a tremendous house from what I could tell and what I've read tonight in terms of attendance wise. They've had success in Seattle before. Obviously, they have some hometown connections. So, you know, truly is uh, something to watch here uh, as a show. And the show does, of course, have some some New Japan crossover, mm-hmm. you know, F- Forbidden Door is the best reference we have to that. Uh, again, f- not a mass not a mass casual appeal with doing these kind of shows. So again, watching the numbers this weekend and then into next week, very curious to see what AEW has in store. And then especially if they're dealing with some real life uh, pivots, if Adam Cole is in fact injured, you know, what's going on there? Who are the masked men that attack Jay White? So lots of questions in the air. Uh, right. will, will they, will they, will they, will they hit it out the park? Will they bunt or, or they, will they uh, swing and a miss? That'll be the, that'll be the thing to watch for. All of exactly. Exacto Mundo as a, Zachtimundo. Yes. Zachtimundo. Yeah, and uh, Aubrey was at, uh, like I said, Aubrey was the ref for the uh, Julia Hart match, and uh, Bryce, mm-hmm. once again, for that for the, the second to last. So referees not needed too much, not only three different referees. Uh, so, again, as we watch to see uh, when R- Rick Knox resurfaces on TV mm-hmm. right. uh, to watch that whole mm-hmm. thing play out. Right. Uh, Jimmy, any other final thoughts you want to give about Dynamite? Again, there's, there's actually a lot to unpack here because, again, it was, like I said, it was a very heavy promo uh, and skit show. Anything final you want to touch on? No, usually, you know, um, you know, there. That's the one thing you said. It was promo and skit uh, and uh, video package heavy show, as opposed to what you know AEW does usually do is deliver in ring, mm-hmm. as it is for their audience. And I was, uh, I, I was uh, entertained by the video segments that we saw tonight, and they did help get me interested in matches for this weekend. And that was the main thing. And that's what your, your your goal is to do with these video packages to to help promote matches. Because you want to get your audience, you know, going, hmm, I want to see what happens next. And that's what they did well tonight. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. There, I'm, I'm, There's several things, as I noted, that I'm kind of going into Sunday with uh, interest of. I thought, again, as we mentioned earlier, a good cliff, cliffhanger to go off the air in the final seconds. I mean, quite frankly, if you saw the break apart of Hangman and Swerve, like I did, you might have started standing up. I was standing up almost almost out of the room getting the tv off and then they cut to that backstage thing so nice little final uh you know hang on there for every second hang on there for mm-hmm. every last visual uh cliffhanger whether or not it gets any payoff this sunday whether it's more teasing uh and we push into next week dynamite right we shall see but i thought overall good job by aw on a lot of the attempts of what we uh, uh got there tonight and let's see if they can follow up properly this weekend mm-hmm. uh jimmy give uh, you the plugs for how everybody can uh catch you all throughout the week well, I'll throw the week like here on Mondays and Wednesdays. You can catch me with you, Justin, and uh, Mondays with Jack. And usually, and hopefully, Issa's okay down there without any power. She gets her power back soon. And of course, you can catch me on my Ref and Rant podcast, uh, uh, not podcast, but uh, daily rants from Monday to Wednesday, where again, uh, my critiques are to help tighten screws, not to tear down, you know. But, uh, you know, have a little fun with those. And I'll be. Um, uh, back with the Reffing It Up podcast with Brian Hebner in a couple of weeks. I'm still uh, a little bit of a hiatus from there, but uh, I will be back there eventually. Reffing Rants, one minute with your coffee every single morning uh, from yeah. Jimmy Cordero. So you follow mm-hmm. me at Justin Labar here Monday nights, here Wednesday nights, Friday morning, Spar with Labar on Busted Open Radio Channel 1. 
56. Uh, again, follow me across the socials. Lots going on in the pro wrestling world, so uh, need to talk about it at all times. That's why we have. That's why we all still live on the timeline that is X. Mm-hmm. That's why we do this. Uh, big thanks to everybody again in the live chat. Uh, thanks to everybody who listens to us after the fact or watches us. Uh, again, apologies, Issa couldn't make it here tonight uh, dealing with power issues, but uh, Jimmy and I did what we could do to power it on through here for the best mm-hmm. of this Wednesday night podcast for you. Again, leave a comment, subscribe, tell a friend, do all the nice things. We appreciate it. Yes. Have a good night, everybody. Take care, and uh, we'll have more podcasts coming to you here on the rest of the Inc. after Friday's SmackDown. Be good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.